what's the experience like going from like playing like, you know, Bay Area shows and being a local to like, now I'm getting booked. I mean, you said you were extremely excited and emotional over it, but once you're actually there, what's that feeling like? So I think it's like a combination of, I mean, you do kind of feel like you've been grinding for so long. So you, you've been working to make all these connections and like yeah. working hard, all those hours, making the music and stuff. So it does feel kind of like earned to an extent. Yeah, you've been working at this for a long time. You said 2014. It's already been six, seven years now. Yeah. Yeah. Years. Yeah. And then um, I think the other kind of like wow factor once you're starting to see a little bit of growth and success is like, yeah. you know, seeing your support system like around you, like in the crowd or like getting those messages like day of show. Right. Those are the things that like stayed with me with yeah. these big performances. What's up, Society members? Welcome to another episode of the Underground Society podcast. If you are new, welcome to the show. This podcast is a place where we get to know some of your favorite up-and-coming talent and speak to some industry professionals in the EDM industry. I'm your host, Justin McGarry, and today on the show, we have a Bay Area bass music artist who goes by the name of Louder Space. This dude has been killing the game recently from playing on festival lineups all the way out in Ohio and even opening for Nightmare a few weeks back. Um, in the interview, we talk all about his experience going from being a local opener to landing these huge gigs. But before we get into the episode, just a few reminders for you guys, don't forget about the underground society playlist called society selects that is only available on spotify and please come join our facebook group the society meeting room which is kind of our inner circle of society members you can find the link to both of those in the description hey this is chris and you're listening to the underground society podcast the show is going to start here soon so just sit back and enjoy the ride i'm with the air vdm an all-encompassing lifestyle brand surrounded and inspired by the electronic dance music culture we are a magazine, lifestyle-inspired monthly subscription box, and event company. Our main focuses are on the music and community. Give us a follow and see what is happening next with us at Era of EDM. Again, at E-R-A-O-F-E-D-M. To get things started, we have Sudden Death's brand new song called Transmutation Sequence. Enjoy the episode, guys. What would you do with one
So to be completely honest, I don't think I've liked a Sudden Death song this much since he released Behemoth years ago. He did an amazing job on this track, and I'm excited to see what's to come from him in the near future. Fun fact, though, Sudden Death is actually from San Jose originally, so I thought it was fitting to include this song in the episode since our artist on the show today is from the Bay Area. But following that up, we have Ace Aura's track called Shattered, which is off his Gemworlds EP that was released a few months ago. And then right after that is going to be one of my favorites off Ellis Dream's new album, Peace, Love, and Wubs, called Moonlegs, that he made with Z-Trip.
on these motherfuckers. <laughs>
of the universe, and perhaps to our destiny. Space. How are we doing, man? Good, good. Doing Fantastic. good. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we were just talking a little bit before the interview. You have an epic shirt on. That's comfortable. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's he's definitely one of my favorites. I love yeah. it. Yeah, talking about how he was not at Lost Lands. <laughs> yeah, just Lost Lands. That was an incredible time. That's actually where we met in person. So we've known of each other for quite a while, but that's where we officially yeah. met through the Exile Collective. Boy, shout out to them. Um, yeah. Can you give us a little bit of background about yourself um, before we get into some other stuff? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So I'm Louder Space. My real name is Ryan. I actually grew up in Morgan Hill, California, which is like 20 minutes south of San Jose, like a 20 minute drive, super small town. It was even smaller when I was growing up there. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of like my roots. Yeah, I started like really getting into music when I was like 12 years old is when I super started getting like passionate about it. Was that Um, producing or was that just like being a fan, music fan? Yeah. So like music fan. So I started, you know, actually like following specific artists. Oh, I like this. I'm not a huge fan of that. Yeah. And um, that's when I like got a guitar for Christmas. And that's kind of where it started. I saw the movie School of Rock. Oh, dude, I love that movie. (laughs) That's like like always going to be one of my favorite movies. So I literally saw that movie as like a kid. And I was like, this is insane. Like, this is so cool. Yeah. So I got a guitar for Christmas that year. And um, that's where music kind of started for me. Do you still play guitar now? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Uh, cool. Mm-hmm. How is that going from the transition from being a guitar player to being an EDM DJ? And- yeah, man. <laughs> I, love, I love that question. So 
when I started really diving into like dance music production, mm-hmm. um, it was this like whole new world, even though I had had like guitar and some piano experience. So I really just got so um, enveloped in like Ableton and learning. I'm still learning, obviously, but just right. like going in on that. So now what I'm trying to do is like force myself like to obviously make a hybrid of the two. Like, why would you not if it's something that can help you stand out? Yeah, it's not like it's an unheard of thing either. Like guys like Fairlane or like Cinemato uses, you just open, you just helped him open. He uses a lot of yeah. like actual instrumental and in his music. And there's so many other people that use real instruments in their music and they're, you know, EDM producing. So exactly. Uh, yeah. Like, do what you love and bring it into the music that you create. That's yeah. you know, the, the name of the game. <laughs> yeah. So that's definitely like a kind of next step thing for me is cool. like introduce guitar, which is my roots um, yeah. into what I'm doing right now. So yeah. Hell yeah. That's dope. Um, so I do want to talk a little bit about Lost Lands because you were there and I haven't yeah. to talked to anyone really that has been I would there love I would love to yeah. talk about Lost Lands. <laughs> well, well, how was your experience, dude? I loved it, it too. <laughs> it was it was fantastic. So it was my first time going. Oh, I went in 2019, so it nice. was my second time there. But dude, the production was like three times the amount of 19. It was, was it? like next level this year, yeah incredible (laughs) yeah like my i came with a really small group which was kind of nice so we could kind of just stay like intimate we didn't have to worry about like you know 10 15 people with us so we just bopped around from stage to stage it was amazing i'm going back next year like oh hell yeah you know right when we walked into day one we're like uh yeah we're yeah (laughs) this is um (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's worth a couple thousand dollars that you spend to get out there and staying and all that kind of stuff you're going especially if you focus on that like i've always wanted to go to edc i've been watching edc stuff since i was shit 10, 11. Mm-hmm. And uh, always, always been wanting to go, but I have never been able to make it out. I'm not even going this year just because life happens and I have right. Lost Lands. So need to mm-hmm. budget for that. But I'll probably skip it. Lost Lands will forever be like my yearly tradition, but there's going to be a year where, like, unless I can afford both, then I'll go to both. But as of right, right. now, I can, it would be a little tight. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I um, feel that. Yeah. But yeah, dude, Lost Lands is freaking great. Who is your favorite performer? Um, so top I have three, to, top three since yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so I have to go with like my favorite set was Liquid Stranger at the oh, main stage okay I just realized like halfway through that set I was like every single transition is like hitting for me this is you know yeah so I'm gonna say Liquid Stranger I'm a little bit biased because Zomboy is like one of my favorite producers oh, he's so good he's such a legend yeah he's yes. like always been one of my favorites and I was stoked to see him like at the main stage at Lost Lands you know so Zomboy for me is probably two and then. Ooh, Dirt Monkey. I thought Dirt yes, Monkey was incredible. Dude. Did you yeah. see his set too? Did you see yes, that one? Yes, absolutely. Him and uh, I really like Ellis Dream. He just premiered his new album that weekend too, which is great. Yeah, his, we were at that, that one too. Was fire. Yeah, I, I definitely think, man, I'm trying to think. I missed Liquid Stranger because I had never seen a Void set, so they played at the same time. So I went yeah. and saw Void, which is dope. Yeah, huge uh, conflict there, right? Liquid Stranger and Void. Yeah, like... freaking Subtronics and uh, who else? Who's playing during Subtronics? Adventure Club? Yeah. Who was right. the other conflict? Slander and Ganja White Knight. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah those are like yeah. the three big ones of the week. I was so mad. <laughs> I was like, yeah. come on. I was laughing about the Slander and Ganja White Knight conflict because yeah. I, I was at Ganja and um, they closed with their collab with Slander. So yeah. I was thinking in my head, like, yeah. oh, Slander's probably doing the same thing yeah. over there. <laughs> they basically did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They gave him a shout out. They're like, and then everyone around us are like, yeah, Ganja's playing literally like 20 feet that way. <laughs> yeah. I, I love, I love that shit. That's so yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. I was freaking, I, I won't go into the full story of why I was there for Slander, but definitely Slander was like the set that I had to see. I absolutely, Gondo White Knight is one of my favorite producers. People listening to this show know that I play a lot of Gondo White Knight in the podcast, but um, yeah. 
I was pretty upset I wasn't in because the Gondo White Knight set in 2019 was probably my one of my favorite, like at least top two. Nice. Um, but I had to be there for Slander. So I was in a, an amazing group of people at the rail for Slander, like got amazing mm-hmm. videos. So it was it was a good time. It was kind of upsetting, but and then also yeah. freaking Subtronics and Adventure Club. Adventure Club, they played I got the opportunity to see Adventure Club, but when I had the opportunity to, it was at Wobble Land, whenever the last time Wobble Land happened, 2020, early 2020. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, when they played, I think one of something happened to someone in our group. And then I had to like go take care of them while mm-hmm. that was playing. So I was like, I never, like, I had the opportunity, but I missed them the first opportunity I got. <laughs> right. And they were playing during Subtronics. I had to see Subtronics. I love Jesse. Of course. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I had to pick that one too. Anyways. That's, anyway. that's just like, that's the story of Lost Lands, right? There's just so and, many oh artists gosh. you want to see. Conflicts yeah. are going to happen. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. who do you want to see more? Like, who did you, a lot of things too. Like, I know what I thought was cool this year was Dr. Fresh and uh, Baiju played. I was there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see either of them. I don't even know where I was, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, during that time, but uh, I didn't see either of them. But I just saw Bijou at, or Bijou at Hard Summer, and then I also just saw Doctor Fresh like two weekends in a row. Just mm-hmm. the week I just saw on the weekend before at Nocturnal. So uh, yeah, I was at Nocturnal as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Nocturnal yeah. is cool, but um, yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about your producing for you. Um, first of all, how often do you sit down to actually like purposely, intentionally sit down to write music? Yeah. I mean, I've been getting a lot better about doing it every day, to tell you the truth. Yeah. At the very least, like an hour. Um, Even if I tell myself it'll be like 15 or 20 minutes, I look at the clock. Yeah. But yeah, and then it'll kind of vary. Like, say I'm really excited about one of my own projects, then I'll just be on for like hours and it'll like heighten, you know? And then also the other thing is if I'm in the middle of like a collab, we'll like hold each other accountable to be like... I need this back I by this time. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is great. I, I love that. Like even I, I tell feel like I feel yeah. like usually with music and especially as you get into like all your music getting really not all of it, but a lot of your music is getting released, you're signing things, blah 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 when you're in that cycle eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, record labels have deadlines for things. <laughs> so yeah. it's like so when that happens, I feel like it's important to have some form of like urgency when you're writing music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause then I've heard from a lot of artists too, like you get stuck in like this loop of like wanting to perfect it but then if you have a deadline you're like okay this is the best i'm gonna do then it forces you to move on to the next thing so, yeah you you nailed it justin yeah. honestly that that's exactly like my mentality is like yep. it's so common for producers to try and perfect every single thing and then those are the songs that never get finished never get released and then you don't make progress so yep. a couple of years ago i got to a point where i was like okay i've been working super hard on this i know it's good it's not perfect but it's as good as it can be and you just gotta like stop at a certain point you know Exactly. And then you'll actually start making progress. And that was a really big turning point for me where I was like, it's not perfect. It's never going to be perfect. But yeah. you got to start putting out the music, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, how long have been since you've been producing, you said? Um, so I started producing in 2014. Okay. That's when I first downloaded cool. Ableton. Uh, and, that wasn't um, too far after you were like, you really started your own musical journey of like, who do I like? Like being specific about the kind of music you like. Yeah. That you like. That's interesting. Yep. Yeah, because I've, I've always been, I mean, I'm going business route with the music industry, but I've, my parents were like music lovers as well. So I've always had that from like a very young age, but like, mm-hmm. that, I feel like it's pretty quick going from like finding your, your own kind of niche of what you like to like, now I'm going to make it like, it, that's only a year of time. Like it usually takes people a lot longer than that. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So pretty much like uh, when I started in college around like 2011, 12, I think yeah. I went to my first show ever in San Jose. And I, I had been listening to like dance music by then. So I was like mm. familiar with some of the big artists. And we actually saw like Dr. P and Ooh. 
that sick right. before he was, yeah, you know, yeah. way, way, well before all that. Um, yeah. So like I started going to these shows and I had some musical knowledge. And I think this is also the case for a lot of like producers that are in the crowd and they're like, this makes sense. Like I can do this. Like if I just yeah. download the software and start, like, I think I can fucking do this. Um, yeah. <laughs> Figure you know? out how to do it and pursue it. So, so yeah. Time and repetition yeah. is the mother of all skills, man. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, do you have like a, when you sit down to write music, do you have like a, I know certain people have like a ritual of like, oh, I have to have like a coffee or I have to do this or I have to meditate before I have to like, for a lot of vocalists, you have to warm up your vocal cords. Do you have anything right. that you like ritual wise that you do like going into like a writing session? Yeah, that's a really good question. Like I haven't thought about that, but I for sure do. Um, I'm definitely a coffee guy. I've waned off of it recently, like not even intentionally. I've just like not yeah, been doing yeah. it as much. But yeah, when I, I want to like, I, I honestly go through phases of caffeine too, where I'm like, sometimes when I'm like dragging, I have to have more caffeine. I'll drink like energy. I'll drink. I always drink a cup of coffee in the morning, but like yeah. later on in the day, sometimes like if I'm like really working hard on something or I have a project that I'm doing, I'll get in the habit of like when I'm in really grind mode, it's been a couple of weeks of like solid grind mode, but yep. it starts like two o'clock, three o'clock, you start dipping down and I'll, on those days I do. But then, yeah, then there's other times where I'm like, I don't really want it. Like I don't just give me water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I'm kind of the same way. I guess I would say when I'm like at my most productive, when I'm producing, I would get up and then start making breakfast and coffee and then just mm-hmm. have like my plate of food and my coffee and then like pull up Ableton. And that's when I feel like most you know, ready to go, yeah. start going in and have some like sustenance. So yeah, other than just like having like a good meal ready and yeah. coffee, um, nothing really no, like, I don't, crazy. yeah, nothing too crazy, but yeah, that, that right. just about does it for me. I'm a that's minimalist, man. That's, <laughs> that's good though. Like I feel like a lot of people, especially like even me, I'm guilty of this when we're, when you're really busy or you're like sitting down and grinding on something, it's hard to remember like, okay, take a break, let's go grab a snack. Let's go grab something to eat. Cause that's what helps you your brain keep working as you're working. Yeah. So I'll get yeah. in like, sometimes like I'll like be stuck working. And it's been like, Oh shit, it's been like eight hours since I put any food in my body. I need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same so, thing happens to me, man. Yeah. Same exact thing. I, I look yeah. at the clock and I mean, but also that's kind of a reminder for me that like, damn, I must be doing something that I super True. love. If you can look at the clock and mm-hmm. it's like four hours later, five hours, six hours, like that's a good sign, you know, Absolutely. obviously be healthy, but still. Yeah. Yeah. Know. Yeah. When you're able to get really sucked in tunnel vision on something, that means you really like it. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Another thing I want to touch on was I saw that you not only just opened for Nightmare, but you also played in August. You played a show, a festival in Ohio, correct? Yeah, that's right. So why don't we start with a festival in Ohio? Give me some information on that and how that went for you. Yeah, totally. So it was called Interstellar Music Festival. Uh, It was in Cincinnati. And uh, the headliners were like Liquid Stranger, Adventure Club, Hero Bust was there. Uh, boombox cartel was there so i was thrilled to have that opportunity yeah big time big time and i had never been to ohio (laughs) now you've been twice (laughs) in the last like two months (laughs) which is hilarious my parents think i'm crazy they're like you've been to ohio twice in like five weeks like but yeah so it was an opportunity that uh, my manager his name's john he's orlando based he runs primal productions management yeah which is also shout out to doc ops he uh Mm -hmm. he did a lot of our visuals and stuff for um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Doc Ops thought, is the I honestly, one. I thought that he was, is that his project? Uh, Doc Ops? Yeah. Does he run that? Uh, Primal? Run that? Yeah. Do they run Um, that? Actually, no. He's like a teammate of mine on Primal. Oh, okay. Got you. Got you. I knew he had involvement with that, but I wasn't yeah. sure if he started, if it was his thing or if it was someone else's thing that he was assigned to. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's our manager, John. He's like gotcha, a, gotcha. a head honcho. And actually, um, Dr. Ops, RJ, he actually kind of wrote me into Primal almost like single-handedly. We became yeah, friends. And he's not only done our visual or some of our visuals, but like we talk and like we engage a lot on social media. So we've built a somewhat like at least a social media relationship. But yeah, right. he seems like a really cool guy, man. He is. Yeah. He's got to be one of my, honestly, one of my best friends in the industry, yeah. like straight up. Yeah. So uh, August 2021 was obviously that festival. It was mm-hmm. almost 12 months before, like almost a year before that, that John, my manager, gave me a call and he was like, hey, there's like some festival opportunity that just came up. It's in Ohio. I just need you to send me like your best 30 minute mix, like as soon as possible. So like that day I sent him like a mix that I thought was really good and kind of like showcased like my style, something mm-hmm. I, I really liked you know, just on a whim, like who knows, maybe I get in and literally like four or five hours later, John calls me back and he's like, you're in. And it might sound cheesy, but it was definitely one of those moments where I had to like walk away from my group and got a little like <laughs> emotional. Like I, I just got my first like music festival booking. Yes. Yeah, um, and that was like late 2020. And then all of a sudden it's August, 2021. And uh, yeah, we made it happen. Dude, 2021 flew. Oh it's already God. October. <laughs> me neither. I'm what like, happened? <laughs> I, I, I totally agree, man. I saw this meme and it was like me still processing 2020. It's, yeah. like, it's like already end of 2021. Yeah, I, think, I think it's just because like we were so used to like the slow pace of everything during COVID. Because all of a sudden, like, I don't know if you remember, like early parts of COVID, like it seemed like every day was like a month. Like it was oh, yeah. so slow time, slowing down so much. Totally. And then once like things, we, I feel like as soon as things started happening again, it was just like back to normal speed and we're like holy yeah. shit what the hell happened <laughs> yeah yeah this year's been like hyper speed and it's it's crazy i can't believe it's already like october coming up on november that's insane yeah it's wild <laughs> um so i wanted to ask you what's the experience like going from playing like bay area shows and being a local to like now i'm getting booked i mean you said you were extremely excited and emotional over it but when you're actually there what's that feeling like of like holy shit we're doing this <laughs> yeah um so i think it's like a combination of I mean, you do kind of feel like you've been grinding for so long. So you, you've you been working to make all these connections and like yeah. working hard all those hours um, making the music and stuff. So it does feel kind of like earned to an extent. And then it's also, you've been, I you've mean, been, yeah, you've been working at this for a long time. You said 2014. It's already been six, seven years now. Yeah. Yeah. Years. Yeah. And then um, I think the other kind of like wow factor once you're starting to see a little bit of growth and success is like... Yeah you know, seeing your support system like around you, like in, in the crowd or like getting those messages like day of show. Right. Those are the things that like stayed with me with yeah. these big performances. Like yeah. it's interesting. I was talking to some friends about this recently. So take like interstellar, my like first festival show, for example, yeah. for me, like I super over prepare for my mix. Like, so at the point where when I'm actually doing it, like it's my time, my set time, yeah, I'm yeah, really yeah. not thinking much. Yeah. I'm just having fun. Yeah, and like, yeah. I know exactly what cue points I want, yeah, like, yeah. you know, to a T and then that number one relieves nerves. And then you're just enjoying music with the crowd. And I think that's like a really beautiful, important thing. Like you don't want to be like, I'm the one performing. It's so formal. I'm so stressed. <laughs> Some of the best yeah. DJs, they know how to, they're so good at what they do, but what they actually do is interact with the crowd and give the mm-hmm. crowd what they want. Totally. So actually put on a performance instead of just like, I'm just that guy in the back in the DJ booth. Like a yeah. big difference between what EDM musicians and performers, like I'll just use Subtronics or Excision, for example, like they're up there interacting with everyone, shouting yeah. people out, like for Excision, like put your X up, shit like that, like engaging with the crowd. That's so important. Totally. Uh, and what, yeah. what you guys do. So um, yeah. I also wanted to, you just played for Nightmare. I wanted to get a little information from that too. You opened alongside Gong and Cinemata. How was that experience for you being on that big of a bill? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
I, I felt extremely grateful first and foremost. Uh, Where was because, that show? Uh, it was at Exchange LA. Okay, cool. Um, yep. So very that was actually fam- very famous venue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was actually my my LA debut. So to be honest with you, like Nightmare has been one of the artists that I've actually like followed consistently since he mm-hmm. started like taking off. Again, like around 2014 is when I first started really listening to Nightmare. I love Nightmare. Me too. Yeah. Like I'll I'll always be like a supporter and stuff. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, let for a second. I don't know how his performance when you opened, probably because his show is probably a lot better. But honestly, I wasn't that impressed by his last line set this year. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like I've, I saw him the, the year of 2019 and he threw down. Yeah. I don't know what happened. <laughs> so so I, I had literally just seen him like seven days prior at Nocturnal. And it was like a pretty similar set, like no hate or anything. But so for me, it was kind of just like, oh, yeah, like yeah, I know exactly. I know exactly what tracks you're going to play, right. um, which was helpful, though, going into the L.A. show. because I was like, I don't need to worry about yeah. like playing the same songs. We have like kind of a similar style, you know. Right, um, right. So I was like, oh, OK, I know he's not going to play these and I know what he is going to play. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. a lot easier on you for prepping to be an open actor that, for that. Yeah. Too, so. But yeah. it really was it really was surreal, man. Like um, I've been a fan of his for a while. I got to meet him on stage because I went right after Nightmare. Um, so I got to like, you know, meet him, tell him what's up and be like, you know, I've been supporting you for a long time. It's great to finally meet you. And then he was like, all right, man, have fun. Rip it. Like, (laughs) that was was awesome. He seems like a really cool guy. I'm going to be actually, I say this a lot on my podcast as well. Not having in January, like I originally was planning for, but sometime I think next year I'll be going to music business school at Icon. Oh, awesome. I had always kind of wavered. Like, am I going to go to Icon? Am I not? I actually went to an open house down there like years ago. Yeah had a great experience. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it just ended up being like a personal decision, but I was like super, you know, that was under my scope. Yeah, I was yeah. like, maybe this is it. What was, and, what was your reasoning for deciding not to? So my personal reason was I felt like I had already kind of invested in the resources that are available to me, whether it's like YouTube tutorials or just my own like trial right. and error. And, you know, it is a good amount of money. So it was like oh, weighing yeah. out the pros it's and like cons. One, it's like what equivalent to like one year of like a four year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's not that I wouldn't have gained anything from Icon. I definitely would have gained a lot from it. I just had to weigh how far in am I already and how True. much is it just up to me? Like how much time I invest on like True. learning from tutorials, networking. And then that was the choice I made, right? I was like, okay. Um, yeah. Cause I- everyone thinks they're going to go. I mean, it is a great opportunity and you do get a lot of awesome networking opportunities, but like if you know how to network outside of that and you know how, like what you're doing, it's literally just just work hard enough. Like, and like yeah. I said, your skill level is already kind of past that. So a lot of people think that when they go to icon, it's just going to be like, Oh, it's going to be handed to me. Cause I'm going to this prestigious school. It's like, no, you still have to do everything else that everyone else had to do. Totally. <laughs> now you have the education behind you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and even just the open house I went to, I loved it. Everything that they yeah. had to say, it was really inspiring. So I still look at that place in really high regard. Just it wasn't my uh, well, experience. Yeah. And it wasn't, yeah. the timing was already a little too late for you. I feel like. Absolutely. That's also, right. So. That's totally right. Um, yeah. I ask this question in every interview, but I like to get to know the people behind the artist project. Uh, What do you do outside of music? Do you have another job? Do you have other hobbies outside of that? What what do you enjoy doing that's not music related? Yeah. So as far as jobs, starting in college, I got into like the restaurant industry. So, Mm -hmm. you know, serving tables. Yeah. Um, That's honestly been a really like positive thing for me. I've ended up working at places with really good people, like honest people. And that for me is like the, the most rewarding thing. Like, if you're going to go to work every day, you want to be surrounded by like-minded people or Absolutely. like genuine people. Yeah. So yeah, restaurants. Um, right now I'm actually in the middle of like switching. I've just in the last week been dropping off resumes just to get um, like lunch shifts just for some extra gotcha. money. Yeah. yeah. I am getting um, some 
income now from music, which is like nice, <laughs> wonderful, which is wonderful. And, um, but yeah, so I, I'm still going to be probably just doing that during the day and then leaving my nights open for, for the passion. And Excellent. yeah. Do you yeah. know, you know, Dubstep FE, I, I had them on a few weeks back. Yes. Um, I, I love them. <laughs> they were saying, you know, make their money during the day and build their wealth at night. Mm-hmm. I, definitely, I definitely agree with that philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. They're, <laughs> Especially they're in such, the music industry, it's very important. <laughs> yeah. They're such professionals. I, I really fuck with them. Did you meet them at Lost Nights? I actually met them um, in Orlando okay. at a drive-in, a drive-in show, which was almost a year ago. Sick. Um, yeah, and then nice. I, I saw them once in Denver after that. So. Nice. Yeah, they live in Denver. So that yeah. makes sense. They're like, yeah. everything, everything that happens at Red Rocks or Denver, they're like always at. They're, like, they're, they're so they're, jealous. They're everywhere. <laughs> I, I think they're clones. They're literally in yeah. every state at every festival somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love those girls. It was awesome to meet them at Lost Lands and take a picture. It was cool that our episode that we were like planning on releasing was literally the week after. Like we got back from Lost Lands on like Monday. That episode released on like the next Friday. So oh, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. timing on that was like perfect. Yeah. Um, I have kind of a funny story about High Zombie. Like, oh, go I, for it. <laughs> I, was, I was in Denver and um, I had already met Yesenia, but I think that was my first time officially meeting Chrissy. Yeah. She introduced me to, you know, her boyfriend, Matt. And uh, I already knew, like kind of followed him already. And I, congratulated him on like his subsidiary release whatever and uh it was really funny he was like hey like uh do you have a superhero name and i was like i do have a superhero name like asking <laughs> the artist name i was like i'm gonna steal that that's fantastic like that's an awesome. icebreaker <laughs> you know instead of like do you dj do you produce he's like do you have a superhero name i was like yeah what's your superhero name so he seems yeah i'm, I'm meeting him finally at lost lands too he seemed like just like a giant goofball genuine just yeah. <laughs> big teddy bear yeah. um those are my people giant goofballs like yeah so what's to come in the near future? What are some of your goals coming up as far as like music? Let's just say in the next like year, what are some yeah. of the 2022 goals? Definitely. So immediately, um, I just had like a string of shows. I'm super happy about how those went. Awesome opportunities. As of right now, um, I'm going to go into producing mode, and just okay. make a, a shit ton of music. Take, like, take us some time off telling yeah, us to produce. Just a bit. Smart. And I was telling my manager that too. It's not like a, a break from shows. It's just like, I'm going to do less. You know, if you have a great opportunity, I'll, oh, I'll, go, to San, yeah. I'll go to San Francisco and do it. But in general, I'm going more into producing mode, like immediately so that I can have a stockpile of unreleased songs. So come 2022, I can, you know, play more festivals or whatever opportunities there yeah, are. Absolutely. Yeah. Once you have a product of, mm-hmm. let's just call that music that you've made. <laughs> yeah. The product is a lot easier to sell the product to, to yeah. promoters and stuff like that. So that's a smart man. 100%. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be making another bass music EP. So like probably all dubstep slash trap songs. Sweet. So that is in the works. Also, I've never really talked to anyone about this too, but I've been uh, making like house music and tech house, which is also going to be, yeah. and that'll also be a part of louder space. So it won't be like a side thing. I, I love that music. I spin house in my sets too. Obviously at its core, I'm always going to be dubstep, right. hybrid traps yeah. and rhythm. But um, I, I have two or three unreleased house tracks. So those Sick. are going to be coming out probably um, like early 2022. And awesome. I want to introduce those to the hear. right way. I'm excited yeah. to hear. I'm, I'm a Thanks. big fan of multiple different genres. I'm not just a bass head. So, um, yeah, me too. I, tech house and house, deep house, all that stuff. It, I'm a huge drum and bass fan. Uh, yeah. I say this a lot, but trance is one of my favorite genres too. Nice. Uh, even, yeah. even some of the stuff that like Little Texas is doing, like happy hardcore shit. Like, yeah. I like it man. I'm just an yeah. EDM, EDM fan at the end of the day, you know? Me too, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love all of it, you know? You know who's crushing it right now in multi-genre producing that he's fitting all that stuff into one brand is Blank. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Have you heard his new drum and bass track? 
I did. Yeah. So good. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> he's so talented. I'm, I'm happy. He's kind of been wrapped in with like Elenium because that's like yeah. legendary status. Yeah. Yeah, so talented. Yeah, he'll come up with like dubstep bangers and then make like mid tempo stuff. Yeah, he, he just drum and bass. One of, he just released like one of his heaviest. Uh, we played it on the dubstep FBI episode, but I forget the name of it. He just released that song, and then like his next release was like a drum and bass, like almost sound like a sub focus song. Like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's so awesome. talented. Yeah. So I do want to wrap up because we are kind of starting to run out of time. Uh, before we yeah. do, um, what can we expect in the mix that's coming up right after this? That you sent us. Yeah. Um, so I made like a 30 minute mini mix. There's a handful of IDs. I have a lot of edits I've made in this mix. That's oh, yeah. kind of unique. <laughs> um, so I know we'll have the track list. You can see those, but yeah, I, I have a bunch of fun edits of songs, like throwing an acapella over an existing track. It's all dubstep. It's all Sorry. around 150 ish BPM, but awesome. it's, it's heavy and fun. I think it's definitely like my style coming out. Excellent. Thank you for the interview, man. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you for having me, Justin. It's been yeah. awesome, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Sounds good, man. Peace.
spoke I filled your cup until it overflowed Took it so far to keep you close I was afraid to leave you on your own I say I'd catch you if you fall I saw a cocker, a ball, a cane, 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 I saw a